Welcome back to the True Transformation Podcast. My name is Josiah Novak, and today's guest is Rylan Shadeg. Rylan, if you don't already know, is one of the top hybrid fitness athletes in the world. And when I say hybrid fitness, this guy covers a lot of different realms of fitness, from cycling to Spartan races, and over the last couple of years, becoming a champion in the DECA Fit. Ryan's a younger guy, and I wanted to have a guy on who has a really awesome perspective on life in general. Rylan and I have a very similar background. We come from big families. We grew up working and riding our bike everywhere and just living a very simple yet very effective youth. And I think that really translated into my work ethic and his. And I wanted to get him on the show because, first of all, I've really admired his accomplishments in the hybrid fitness world. And I just wanted to pick his brain because he's also got an incredible physique. And I really thought we would go down the route of just talking about nutrition and training. But we ended up going down a couple different unexpected but also pleasantly surprising paths. And we cover his background in fitness, but we talk about eating disorders, especially eating disorders in the male demographic. We talk about some of the negative negative effects of things like excessive screen time in children, the importance of being physically active as a child, and some of the things that go into brain development and just overall well-being. We talk about media consumption and making purposeful choices, and also the importance of having trusted mentors, as well as the value of adversity when it comes to personal growth. Obviously, that's a wide range of topics. So today's episode is really just about personal development. And I think you'll really enjoy meeting Ryland if you haven't already connected with him. You can find Ryland on Instagram at Ryland Shadeg. And his name is in the description of this podcast if you want to just search that on IG. He's also a coach and he has a team that he coaches for hybrid fitness. So if you're into racing and just becoming a better athlete, Ryland is a really good choice. So Without further ado, let's hop into today's episode with Mr. Ryland Shadeg. From there, dude. All right, Ryland. Hey, um, yeah, I was, <laughs> it's funny. You messaged me something over the weekend, and uh, I think it was about having a good coach for for doing high rocks and how it's similar Similar to something else, and I and I kind of was trying to dig back through our texts, or or I guess I should say our Instagram DMs, and relive what you talked about. But I was just uh, it for whatever reason when you messaged me that it, it was like I, I really appreciated it because hiring a coach for for this crazy thing called hybrid fitness was something I had gone back and back and forth on. Man, being a coach myself, and uh, I saw a lot of hard work pay off this past weekend for me personally, but. I was just super appreciative of my coach. And then you messaged me. You're like, dude, you got a good coach. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, dude. I was like, I just, it was just like a perfect moment. I, you obviously didn't mean to time it that perfectly, but it was, it was really, uh, it was awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure you're coached by Ryan Geiger, right? Yep. Yep. So uh, he, uh, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times. Uh, like I also do hybrid coaching myself, but I'm definitely not one of those people who's like, you know, my way or the highway, like, you know, like I'm the only good one out there type thing. Like I'm not trying to be like that. And, uh, sure. it's, it's very, it's very cool to talk to Ryan when I'm at events because, uh, he 
I got into like the Spartan race hybrid fitness, uh, I would say niche a little bit, uh, a little bit sooner than he did. Mm. Um, but we both have super similar backgrounds in fitness. Like he, he also was a mountain biker. Um, and so like, I, I even remember, like, I'll talk to him when I'm at events and I remember the first high rocks I saw him at high rocks LA, uh, in 2022 where, uh, he was talking about some soft tissue stuff and I started listing off. I was like, yeah, you've got, let me guess, you've got a great engine, like you can go for days, <laughs> but you're like your plantar fascia, you got shin splints, you got it band syndrome, you got like uh patellar tendonitis. Like I started going over this stuff with them. I'm like, that's basically what happens is, uh, you know, your, your soft tissue isn't built up yet. So like, mm-hmm. I remember talking to him about how the way I approach it, uh, because it's really important to know your athletes and where they're coming from. And so like me having a similar background to him, I remember talking to him how, like when I first started getting into the hybrid racing and the OCR racing scene, um, I had to learn very quickly that like I could handle immense quantities of quality workouts, but I couldn't make them all running or my soft tissue, like my tendons weren't strong enough yet because tendons, like they take so much longer than muscle to build up. Like tendons and ligaments take way longer. Um, so like my muscles and my cardiovascular system could handle it, but my soft tissue couldn't. So I remember just talking with him and encouraging him like, Hey man, like it might take a year or two to build up to what you actually can race. Like Mm. that's been my experience. It's been like a two or three year journey to get to the point where I'm actually training enough on my feet to be like, I'm really dangerous in the hybrid space. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, just like, cause he's, you know, uh, coming from cycling, a lot of those guys have the engine, they just need the running economy and also the soft tissue. Uh, so yeah, it's just cool to see him. Like he's, he's crushing it, coaching other athletes. And, uh, like I've, we've had these conversations at events because we both coach and like, I love to learn from other people. And so when I saw he was coaching you now and you crushed your high rocks race, I was like, you've got a good guy. Cause even like Ryan Atkins, for instance, um, he does a, I, from what I understand, he does a bit of coaching as well. Uh, not his like main thing, but, um, for some reason, man, uh, cyclists are like the most analytical people. Like they will, like I, with my athletes, like I go over all of their data and I'm like, okay, what were their, like, what's were their steps per minute? What was their heart rate at? What elevation were they at? Like, what was their pace per mile? All this stuff combined together. And like, I I'm pretty sure, does he use training peaks for you? Yeah. Yeah. So like we all <laughs> use a very similar software because it's the best one. And like, it's it's interesting to see how as uh, there's like this, this miniature cyclist going hybrid fitness group that's coming out. And like, we coach completely differently because we're not coming from CrossFit or from track running. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, um, because hybrid racing is technically multi-sport, like you have the rowing, you have the skier, you have the strength stations and you have the running. And because it's like basically four different sports because of that, um, you actually, I found approaching training is a little bit more like a triathlete than Mm -hmm. a runner. So, uh, there's running coaches who do really well because they realize that and they like, maybe they have a track background and they decide to coach people 
with like a track twist, but they also throw in like a kind of triathlon training principles. And then you have cyclists coming in who are like, oh, like, you know, we can do better with more volume or maybe more threshold work or, and they understand the periodization really well. Um, Cause like, that's, I don't know why, but cyclists just seem to like, we seem to love data so much, probably because we have power meters and, and that's like a newer thing to running, but cyclists have had power meters for a long time. And those things don't lie. Like they, they tell you how it is. And so I think maybe that's why, but it's cool to see, like, it's just cool to not be the only one, I guess. And like, kind of see other people who have similar training principles. So I love the guy. He's cool. Well, this whole time I thought your name just had to like start with Rye and that's, that's how you get good at this stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I got told. And I was like, but everybody's names are having the, the L in the middle. The L in the middle means you can go hybrid and OCR. Otherwise you're, you kind of pick one and you stick with it. But if you get know, that extra to... letter, you can split it down the middle and go both ways. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if I have another kid, I'm, I'm going to name it something with RY. I don't know what, but well, <laughs> I want it to be a good hybrid. It's going to be great. <laughs> yes. yes. I vote Ryland. <laughs> yeah. Ryland's dude. Ryland's awesome. So it's funny because, uh, I would have never guessed that you didn't come from like a pure running background because the first time and me being like a total fanboy of um, just hybrid and Spartan, especially like that's where I found my love outside of the, the rate, you know, the indoor racing just for pure, like hybrid type of sport uh, was Spartan racing back in, I think it was 2018. I did my first ever Spartan race and uh, I didn't run for it at all, like literally just jumped into it. And I got third in like the open eight, not age group, but like just the pure open, you know, mm -hmm. beginner level. And me being the competitor that I am, I was like, oh, this is fun. Like I actually found joy in it more than anything. Right. And uh, then I tore my bicep uh, doing a Spartan race and I had to be out, you know, of doing anything with upper body for a while. So I got into cycling. Actually, I bought a bike. And I was like hitting the road like every day, dude, like I fell in love with it. Right. But I was watching Spartan a lot. And I think one of the races where I watched like live, I think I may have watched it live. I want to say it was the one that you kind of came out of nowhere. And Spartan, Utah, 2021. Yes. 2021, where I was just like starting, honestly, starting to feel like myself again. Right. Like okay, I'm going to start like getting back into hybrid stuff. Like my upper body can handle it again. Like I'm really, I'm ready to go like back into Spartan stuff. Um, I was watching that race. And I was like, who is this dude, man? Like you came out, I think you like literally smashed <laughs> like everybody, bro. But I'm shockingly hearing now that like you came from cycling. Cause I really, I knew you did cycling, but was that like your main thing or did you have a ton of running background or was cycling like the thing? No. So quick backstory on me. I started playing soccer when I was five. So, uh, I did, I think just because soccer cleats force you to run with a more natural gait because there's no padding like you, it's almost, it's very similar to barefoot running because a good soccer cleat is super low to the ground. You have no stack height. Like you're, you're on your foot basically. Um, and they usually have like a TPU or a carbon fiber base as well. Uh, carbon, if you want to spend a ton of money. And so like 
I think that helped a lot because I played until I was about 16. And then around 16 years old, I found mountain biking, specifically cross-country mountain biking. And I was always the kid on the soccer team where like my parents taught me, if you want to play all game, you got to be able to play all game full Mm -hmm. gas. So like every single sprint workout we did, every single run, because I was I was playing at a basically the highest youth level that you can below the Olympic development program. Nice. Yeah. My, um, both my boys are like heavy into soccer, dude. Like, okay. we, yeah, <laughs> we're starting our like off season, which is like, you go from like, there's, you know, they're nine and seven. So yeah. we're going from playing six days a week down to like four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So similar thing. And, and often in my, uh, in my off season, I would join another team or I would start like in my high school years. Um, I think this is why I translated to, to cycling so well was because I was already a very high volume soccer athlete because my parents would make me bike to practice because or ride the bus because uh, there were six of us kids and I was one of the older ones. So like I grew up in a pretty safe area in Utah where I would bike, you know, three to five miles to practice and then three to five miles home. And I loved it. Like I bought a super old road bike at the DI that I found. Like I was, I was working at a bike shop. So I'd flip bikes on the side. So I'd always have a bike. Um, and like from like, uh, the age of 10 until 16, I was doing fasted cardio every morning because I had a paper route. So I was up at five, five thirty every single morning folding papers. And then I had a half hour on the bike every single morning from like the age of 10 until 16. Um, and then by then I had heavily started getting into cycling and worked at a bike shop. Um, so I was riding to work and then I hated spending money on gas. Cause like, I'm super, I'm super stingy, man. And I also <laughs> hate like, like, uh, I don't like my, my footprint on this earth to be larger than it needs to be. Mm. Um, honestly, like, you know, every little bit counts, but it's more like, it's not just my wallet. It's also like, well, if I show up to work on my bike, I'm a happier person. Cause I have endorphins flowing. I've gotten some exercise in no matter what, like, even if it's just three to five miles, um, it's like, I've, I've got my, you know, my heart rate up a little bit. I just feel better. And I found that yeah. at a very young age because I did that every morning of my life. Mm. So So I was like, and also it's like, I could spend 30, I've gotten to the point where say the speed limit's 30 miles an hour. Well, I ride at like 15 to 20, no matter how easy I'm going. And so I could do 200 Watts all day. And like, that's a commute for me. And that'll, that'll give me like 17, 18 miles an hour a lot of the time. So maybe I spend an extra 10 minutes going three miles or an extra five minutes, but I don't have to use my car and I got a little fitter. So that's kind of how I viewed it. Like from, I'm a very analytical person. So I would always have this, like I, when I started mountain biking, I would never drive to the trails with my bike. I lived five miles away. So I would use it as a 30 minute warm up, and I'd do a steady ramp. And then I'd get to the trail, do my workout for like an hour, hour and a half. And then I'd ride, you know, it was downhill home. So it was like 15, 20 minutes tops. And I'd get an extra 10 miles on top of anyone who uh, decided to drive to the trail. And like, I would only spend about 20 minutes total of extra time. Cause when you like, when you load up your bike and then you got to like put your helmet and make sure you don't forget your shoes and all that. 
Then you get done riding. So you got to put it all out, put it all on once you get there. So you have to load it up, then put it on, then you got to take it off and then drive down and then unload it. Whereas if I just dress from my bedroom and then hop on my bike and run, like it's the same thing with running now. Like I run to all the trails. Um, I either bike to the trail and switch to running shoes or I just run to the trail and do it. Cause it's like, it's a lot more time efficient for me and you know, less gas money is kind of cool too, but. I, so oh, here yeah. I was thinking I was the only, uh, I'm the oldest of six too, actually. Okay. Um, but I was, I thought I was the only kid who rode his bike, uh, to practice every day. No, <laughs> dude, dude, great bike rides are the builder. best. Yeah. The best. I was a baseball player. I put my, my baseball bag on my back. Yeah. I would cruise about two miles to practice two miles home. And, uh, I don't live anywhere near where I did then. My family was dirt poor. Um, my mom had, you know, her hands full with my younger siblings. Cause I'm the oldest. And, um, those bike rides, dude, especially the ones home in the dark were the best. Yeah. Like I, I love those, those rides. And it was through a rough area of Norfolk, Virginia. Um, and it was just like me and my bike and like the endorphins dude. And like, yep. as a kid, you don't know what these terms are. Right. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, this feels good. I'm not yep. complaining. Right. Cause I, I feel great. And I would show up to practice with a sweat, dude. And I was like, let's go. I don't a warm up. I'm ready to go, dude. I just rode two miles here. Right. Like, yep. so crazy, man. Like you think you're the only one, of course. Cause like, we're so like, <laughs> it's <laughs> rare now, so bro. Funny. So it is now we would be the only ones, right? If we did yeah. that. what you ride your bike somewhere. Like what's wrong with you? Well, man? I mean like my <laughs> soccer teammates would make fun of me for it. They'd be like, like it's kind of like that uh you know kind of like the in-law thing where they're making fun of you because they're jealous that you're eating healthy type thing like it's yes. the same principle it's like i show up i've got five miles in my legs on my bike and they're like like you rode here to practice bro and i'm like yeah i did and i'm i also i'm gonna outrun you on this field right now and then i'm gonna bike <laughs> home and do it again but like that was my mentality because of the way my yeah. parents raised me they're like if you want to be the best you gotta you gotta do more than anybody else and you also have to show the coach that you can like, if you want to play all game, you got to be fresh all game. So like when I transitioned to mountain biking, like I was already used to playing 90 minute soccer games. And if I got taken out, like I was, I, I wasn't a, I wasn't like a bad sport about it. I just was disappointed in myself. If I got yeah. taken out of the game, I was like, I want to be out there. not going right. I'm not performing well. If coach has taken me out, like I still feel fresh. And so I got into mountain biking where the races were about 60 to 90 minutes and it just like, I already had the bike volume in my legs from like years of paper outs and riding to practice. And it just like took off for me. So then when I was 18, I, I got like my pro card and started, uh, racing, like on the international national circuit, um, and did that, um, until I was about 20, 21. Um, and then I actually left the sport cause, uh, I got fixated on a number in the, on the scale, but I did virtually no running during that time. Cause I, I left soccer because I was sick of the politics and I really loved biking. So for about five years from like 16, 17 until 21, I almost, I probably ran a total of like 20 miles to be honest with you. Wow. Like almost nothing, but I had a massive engine from, from running or sorry, from biking. And so, uh, I left mountain biking cause I had an eating disorder that I had developed and, uh, really needed us to step away from the sport that was like, that I had convinced myself I had to be a certain weight to go uphill fast. Mm. Um, cause with cycling, it's all about the Watts you can do for how much you weigh. 
uh, for your like uphill power potential. They call it Watts per kilo. Um, and I had been fixated on that for a long enough time and under fueling for a long enough time that I eventually cracked. Um, and I'm open and honest about that. Cause like, I felt really what alone happened as exactly. a male. Like, were, were yeah. You just like my hormones were, were not in a great spot. Um, mm-hmm. and now that I open up and talk about it, like there's a couple people who were on my team at that time that were younger and I wish I would have been more open and talked about it. Cause like a couple of them, like, you know, their testosterone tanked, like a lot of hormonal stuff because they were doing a similar thing and I and like now I talk with them about it I'm like I don't want anyone to feel like that anymore so like that's why I try and be open with people about males that in endurance sports like we have eating disorders too and uh you're not the only one because like I felt like I was the only one and I was not um so that kind of made me hate cycling for a bit and I became a career firefighter around that time and so I, I started running for the, the mile and a half test and I started popping some, like now I could hit it pretty much any day, but like my PR started, you know, I was getting for a mile and a half. I was getting like, I think my first one was like eight twenty or something. So I knew I was like, wow, I'm, I'm sub six minute mile pace here with virtually no running training, just because I've you know, I've been biking for 10 to 20 hours a week for a few years now. So I've got a massive engine. So then I put on like, uh, so I had a binge eating disorder and I put on about 30 pounds, um, no, almost 40 pounds in the span of three months. Where were you starting from? Like, what was, what was your start? I was 156, 157. Okay. And I went up, I almost cracked 200, man. Like, I in from, from, uh, late July to like October, I, I remember stepping on, cause I used to weigh myself every single day. Um, not something I do to stay mentally healthy now. Um, but literally every day on the scale, probably four to five times a day. Um, and I remember the day that I stepped on and I was almost 200 pounds. Um, and that like freaked me out, man. Cause, because I had, uh, I had already like basically committed and signed with a team for mountain biking for the next year. And I was like, there's like my Watts per kilo sucks right now. Like I can't, I hated riding. Um, I, it just was stressing me out and kind of making it worse. Cause I knew I wasn't in a healthy place mentally or physically or spiritually, which are like the three most important things. And I was like, definitely, I was KO'd on all of them, bro. And so <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know how this next season is going to go. So I ended up focusing more on firefighting and I put on a lot of that was muscle because I was finally feel, I was definitely eating way too much, um, as one done does when they're binging. And then I would do like the the starvation thing where I'd like try and not eat for like two days to make up for it. And then I would just like go crazy. And it was almost like Rylan would check out and this other person would, would show up. And I was like, it was just scary, man. Yeah. Uh, I've been there. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. It's yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a I'm sorry, sure. dude. It is not a fun place to be. I'm sorry that no. it's, it's <laughs> awful. I mean, yeah. we, we should, we should talk more about it too, because um, you know, to just for, for people listening, like, you know, my story is similar uh, I had a, a an eating disorder in my early twenties okay. where, um, I kept telling myself 
basically it came from, I was a baseball player, right? So I think a lot of it stemmed from athletics and I, I wasn't naturally a very muscular guy, right? I was just kind of skinny fat. Like I never saw abs until I was in my mid twenties and I was also not very jacked, but I happened to play baseball at a pretty high level. I was pretty good, but physically I felt very inadequate. And I look around probably, you know, like when you're in sports, you just look around at like the best, right? And you're like, man, these guys are like physical specimens, you know, in biking, I'm sure it's the same thing where it's like, the except they're not physical too. specimens, they're skeletons. And it's yeah. like, I <laughs> well, want like, to look they're, like they're that. Freaks. They're yeah, freaks of nature, crazy. right? They can put so much power on the bike <laughs> while also being, you know, super slim. Like that's really impressive. Right. And athletically yeah. it's, it's nuts. And looking back now, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way, but it's like, you know, genetics is such a crazy thing. Right. And we don't, we don't truly understand the power of genetics. And we also don't understand the power that comes when you really take good care of yourself. So it's like, you think to get to this level. And I know in certain aspects with high level sports, like there is a lot of abuse that you put on your body. Like, it's just kind of part of the game. Um, but dude, yeah, I, I ballooned up 65 pounds because I was trying to be this big jacked, like athlete baseball player. And really all it was, was me binge eating. And then dude, like the worst part of it, and I tell guys all the time, is nothing to be ashamed of, but like I was purging too. So I wasn't just binging. Like I was putting fingers down my throat, puking it up, hating myself. Like I was literally crying sometimes, like as I was puking, because I'm like, I'm just never going to get this right, dude. Like, this is yeah. just, you yeah. know, like I, this is impossible. I remember so many times, like, cause I had heard, that's the other thing with binging is it's kind of one that's, uh, that wasn't talked about for a while. Uh, so I remember Googling just like, I can't like things, you know, and also definitely in tears sometimes I'll be real on that as well. Um, but just like, I felt like this sport that I loved was being stripped from me because it wasn't like, like you can still, like, I wish someone would have told me like, Hey, Rylan, I know, I know like someone told you early on that you should probably be below 160 pounds to be a professional cross-country rider. Like I, I was told that and um, from a young age and kind of like latched onto that for some reason. I was like, I'm six foot. I should probably be below 160. And um, I wish, man, I would have believed that my body naturally when I was a cyclist loved to sit around like 165 and I was fighting that for so long. And I wish someone would have said, Hey, Rylan, like, let's bump your FTP up. Like, let's, let's focus on that and fueling adequately instead of trying to eat 3000 calories a day when you're burning six, like, <laughs> like I wasn't even close, bro. Like I, yeah. I was so under fueled. Like it's, you know, like it, it's a, no wonder everything happened the way it did, but I learned a lot. And so I remember Googling, like, what's happening to me? I can't stop eating. Like, what is this called? Like, uh, in just watching every YouTube video and reading every Google article that I could find on what it was. And I specifically remember searching like males with eating disorders and stuff like that, just because I felt so alone. And that was also the time period where, um, kind of the, the tight knit group that I grew up in, um, I grew up in a church that was super tight and then it kind of exploded and people started acting very, very much not like Christian. So I kind of, I left the church. Um, 
and my family also moved to a different country at the same time. Um, and, uh, all of my siblings were either younger and moved with my, my family or, uh, my older siblings didn't leave in, live in the state anymore. So like I was the only one in Utah for a while. Um, and yeah, I felt like the sport that I loved and thought I was going to try and make a career was being stripped. And I, I was just like, just was not in a great place. Um, cause I didn't you were love young it. too, right? How old were you? You're 20, 20? Uh, I was 20 years old. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're like, you know, our brains as men, like we're, yeah. you know, they don't even fully develop to we're like 30. <laughs> yeah. I keep so telling like, myself uh, that bro. I'm like, Ryland, you only got five more years. You better not. Screw you're 25 up. now. Yeah. Oh, you're super. Yeah. yeah. You're way ahead of the game. When I was 25, I probably acted like you did when you were like 14. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I was a total idiot. Like, and that was, you know, I mean, I'm almost, I'll be 40 in a couple of years, but like, yeah, in our 20s, man. And this is why, like, and not to go off on a, you know, a side uh, path here, but, you know, as, as a father of two boys and as a mentor to like a lot of young guys, even like guys your age, you're way ahead of most, most guys. But it was like, you know, I, I tell younger men, I say, listen, like, nobody has it all figured out. First of all, I don't care if you're like 50, 60. I mean, when I'm dead, I'm not going to have it all figured out. Right. But like you alluded to it earlier, like your spiritual health, your mental health. I think you said one more, but it was like physical health, physical health, right? If you get those things, like as your main focus in your twenties, you'll, you'll, you won't know it all and you'll have plenty of mistakes, but you keep the main things, the main things you'll be good because everyone is going to feel like we felt in our twenties. Right. And like you did, and and you probably still do in a lot of ways, like, like what's, what, what's life going to look like? What's going to happen? Like, I don't know if I'm doing the right things and, you know, especially Similar to me, similar to you, you know, when I was, I grew up Christian, I am Christian, but, uh, my church kind of threw me for a loop, made me hate Christianity for a bit. Right. It was like hypocritical and like, everyone's a liar and like this, you know, it doesn't make sense. And yeah, it's, it's funny. I, uh, I don't believe in kicking my boys out at 18. (laughs) I want them to have a, a lot of challenges and adversity so they can build resilience and strength but there's no way adult age should be 18. Like, especially for men, it's like adult age is probably 25. (laughs) That's the truth, bro. Just our brains, especially even compared to women, like women get it so much faster in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. They're like way ahead of us. Um, probably for a reason. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, your story is resonating with me so much because I went through so much similar, similar things. Yeah. And I think, in there's different there's 100% different versions of it and also a lot of it probably has to do with upbringings being similar or something like that um but i think we get convinced in our mind a lot of the time that we're a lot more special and unique than we are and i mean that in the most kind hearted way because we are all 100% very individual and have different brain chemistry we have different things we're good at we have different genetic gifts and also different nurture side of things like like me riding a bike every morning literally of my life from like 10 to 16 set me up in the best way to be a like a fat burning animal because I did it I wouldn't eat until 8 a.m every morning like that was when we had like a schedule it was like we you know like we wait wake up we had to have our paper outs done by 6 30 and then we had chore time and then we had to cook breakfast at seven 30 and be done eating it at eight. And then we would start school and it was like, boom, 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 boom. It was literally on the fridge, bro. Like, you go, were you homeschooled? Yeah. 
Me yeah, too. too. <laughs> oh, no way. Dude, yeah. we got a lot yeah. in common. Yeah, homeschooling, um, man. That's the way to go. That's how you get smart. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> and my my mom was not about to be one of those homeschool moms where it's like, yeah, we just like, we kind of do whatever. Like it was no. regimented, bro. It was like math is from eight to 10, like a two yep. hour block. Like you are going to get this done and then you're going to have writing and then you're going to have reading. And um, obviously nine to one was our schedule, man. Nine to one every single day. Yep. One o'clock hit. We were out in the backyard playing whatever exactly. imaginary store sport or story yeah lightsabers <laughs> like, yeah exactly. on the trampoline like yep. pretending to be jedi yeah dude it was so like <laughs> it's i look at that and i look at kids these days and i'm just like man so many kids are are not set up to be freak athletes anymore because they literally like they get so much screen time on an ipad from like three years old and I apologize to any parents that I'm like disagreeing with right now. And I know I don't have kids, but I also do, I do pay attention to the way my parents raised me and also sure. the way other parents. Cause like, I, I want to be a father at some point. And so like, I, I very much look at things mm-hmm. and uh, I was actually reading some statistics the other day about the, the rise in suicidal ideation, because I was a, I was a first responder for like four years and so I saw a lot of like suicide uh, attempts, mostly, thankfully, not not a ton of successful ones. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, the attempts are more gnarly sometimes. Uh, but anyways, like, oh, yeah. so one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest pieces of data that I've read on suicidal ideation is it has a direct correlation with screen time. And I don't think that is a coincidence at all. For instance, they did a study on adolescents specifically, like I think it was ages 13 to to like 18. So like basically like high school age. And if you are below, they, they kind of split it down the middle. And they said, if your total screen time is below three hours a day, um, suicidal ideation is basically like 40 per, uh, is like 40% below average or something like that. I'm, mm-hmm. I would need the debt, like the numbers in front of you to be super accurate. But if you're above the three hours, you're like 400% more likely it's insane. Wow. And then the average, like the national average for screen time right now is it's above seven, eight hours. And we oh, wonder sure. why we have this massive increase uh, like it's not a coincidence if you're constantly comparing yourself to other people that seem perfect with filters and like no one not very many posts like their failures um, out for the world to see so if you're constantly seeing like a version of perfection and like we all know we're not that like no wonder um so dude it's, as a father wow. of two boys um I, I you know we can piss off as many parents as we want because it's my show <laughs> but we you know truth truth be told like uh i say it and i can say it because i experience it right and um i am you know i coach uh three sports you know my boys play well they play five uh but it's by design because i run a business from this silly little thing here that's also the craziest invention we've ever seen in our life right mm-hmm. um and uh, I track my my screen time. It's a lot, right? It's a lot. It's it's mostly uh, not. It's it's mostly creator screen time, not consumer screen time, right? Yes, right. and there's a difference. Big difference. So on one hand, I want my boys to know how to use the device um, to create, and so 
Uh, I also want them to use it for, um, for self-improvement. So at the same token though, I I've seen the line cross and I see, I see their behavior change, right? So there's a fine line. Like, you know, I let them watch sports on the, on the TV, right? My son for his birthday, literally was a, a month ago. He requested that uh, I buy him um, the MLB package to watch the Chicago. We're from Chicago. I don't live in Chicago right now, but I'm from Chicago. We, he's a diehard Cubs fan. He's seven years old, poor kid. That's enough to, and I'm not going to make a suicide joke, but because yeah. my uncle actually, <laughs> I have a tattoo because my uncle actually did commit suicide. Um, and uh, so I'm very sensitive to the topic, but the, you know, what I was saying is that my son loves sports. So he watches sports a lot on my phone, on the iPad, on the TV, right? But we don't allow any of it during the week, right? Because there's no time for it. You know, we got schooling, we got sports. If we're not playing sports, we're outside playing together. Um, but we do allow some of it. Because we've seen like, hey, there is some positive stuff that can come from it under a certain amount of time, right? Which is probably like exactly what you said, right? It's probably like after, <laughs> even after an hour of screen time, dude, they, they turn to like, and I don't, I don't like to curse, but like little a-holes, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> um, and, but that would translate later on in life as they become more aware, especially more aware of others and what they're doing, um, more depression, Right uh, more, more self-loathing. Uh, these things are, dude, I see kids, man, this is, this will break your heart. I'm sure you've seen this because being a first responder, you probably get out in a lot of scenarios or, or having been in the first responder space. Um, I see kids, man, who are suffering already at my kids' ages, right? Oh, like oh, seven, nine years I've, old, I've obese, right? Cause they're just furious. sitting down, you know, and, yeah. and also in a very low, I call it low vibration state, but like, like hard to communicate with, very negative about things. Very, dude, the worst part is the very, very bad at social uh, health, right? So like- So, so terrible. And it breaks my heart because honestly, I don't blame all of it on the parents. I blame a lot of it on like society's standards, right? For like how much you should be working and how much money you should be making. And like, ah, it's just, there's, there's so much, we could, we could talk about for hours, but like, the point is what you just said about how important it is to keep keep a very close tab on where your attention is going, especially with all the distractions and really put a huge emphasis on activity and sports and like, oh man, I, I won't, I, I don't care if your kid ever becomes a pro athlete or ever plays college or high school sports even, right? But Dude, healthy. Do it for their brain. Like yeah. that is it. Just do it for their brain. Like that, that will be more valuable than any scholarship or whatever varsity team, like just do it for their brain. Yeah. And I, so I call it, uh, there's two principles that I really love, uh, just personally, and they have made a massive difference in my life and comp compounding interest is one of them. Um, and I don't just mean in the financial sense, it, it is a miracle in the financial sense as well sometimes. Um, but the, the biggest thing uh, that I think people don't think about is they only think about it in a financial sense, but as a coach, and then also as an athlete myself, I look at every single half hour bike ride that I did 
that no other kid that I knew did besides, you know, my siblings that also had paper outs. And I look back at that now and I'm like, I did that fasted every morning. I didn't use stimulants for it. And it taught me to get up early. And I did that for like six years straight. And that taught me so much about life. And then I look at, okay, I wanted to play two different soccer teams in the same season. When I got older, I'd play up one year and then I'd play my age group in a higher category. Um, and that also made it so I would show up to one practice and then I would go straight to the other one if I could fit in both. And then sometimes I would actually have my, my gym weight training session uh, right before that. So I would say two to three days a week um, for stretches of about two to three months a year when it was like peak soccer season, um, I would have three to six hour days uh, most of the time. So I would literally like I would do all of my my schoolwork and homework before three. I'd show up to the high school. I'd lift for an hour. I would play pickup soccer for an hour and then I'd go to a soccer practice from like six to eight. And, and so I like, you know, my parents didn't, they had thankfully because they homeschooled me, they had the option of getting to know Rylan during school hours, but then I was gone. And it taught me that like, I think one of the coolest things it taught me looking back now is I can show up to a lot of events and have an injury going into it, or like maybe life didn't go well or, or something like that. But I know I've put in such a volume of work since from such a young age that as long as I can look myself in the mirror and say, Rylan, you did what you could do, which is honestly most like more than what most people would do. Mm. And, and I'm honest with myself in realizing that, but I also am able to be like, okay, you know, like right now, actually, uh, I have a cut on the bottom of my foot. So it's not even like an overtraining thing. It's really frustrating. I was starting to feel really fast on my feet again, running wise. Uh, but I've got this cut on the bottom of my foot and I'm waiting for it to heal. So I haven't run in about four or five days. Mm. And I was talking with my dad about it and he was like, Rylan, you've got to learn to be, to be a little easier on yourself. And that's a constant thing, but also I'm big on being honest with myself and it's not like, it's not about me beating other people in races. It's about beating Rylan, the Rylan that like used to sit in his basement and like, <laughs> like was super sad, was overweight, like was watching porn, like was, uh, was like watching TV shows and just like basically had the life sucked out of me. And like that version of Rylan, I never want to see again. And just like, uh, there's actually, uh, a movie that's out right now called Nef nefarious, I think. And oh, it's, yeah. a, um, it's actually pretty good. The acting's not bad. Mm. Um, but I actually don't really watch that many movies, but I was at big bear visiting my uncle. He wanted to go see it. And it was a great, uh, reminder of how you don't lose your life overnight just like you don't lose your fitness overnight. Uh, you don't lose your family health overnight. You don't lose anything overnight. It is the constant small little lie that you tell yourself that it doesn't matter. Like for instance, I got told all the time as a kid, like, cause I gave up soda super early on. Like uh, a soccer coach told me one time when I was like 11, that it would make me run slower. And so when I was 11, I kid you not, I was like, 
I don't need soda. So I, I literally have had like maybe less than 10 sodas since I was like 13. Um, and it's because I'm like, I like, I want that, that marginal gain. Um, but it's like that way across like your life, because if you keep, I remember people telling me like, it's not that big of a deal, Rylan, you should drink it now before when you're old and it matters. And we tell kids these things like, oh yeah, enjoy it while you're young. And I'm like, no, the reason I can live the way I do at 25, like the reason I have my house, the reason I have like a, a, a business, the reason that I am able to go and like move my schedule around to be able to be a healthier person to, you know, to go spend time with family or to, you know, things like that. Like it is because it's a purposeful direction over and over and over and over. And even when I was young, when I was like 14 flipping bikes, like I didn't know I was going to be here 11 years ago, but I also had parents that guided me and didn't tell me the lie that it didn't really matter. Um, I'm so thankful that my parents never told me, enjoy it while you're young. The only, the only principle that they had with that was like, make sure you're having fun. Like don't do sports unless you're having, like, don't kill yourself trying to do a sport if you don't enjoy it. Mm. Um, and my mom was kind of big on that. Like, don't hate yourself if you lost a game, like things like that. Good, good parenting is what I call it. But, uh, sure. they like, I never, sorry, there are very few points in my life where I've allowed myself to believe the lie that it really doesn't matter. And I want young men to understand that, like you are going to be told, like, it doesn't matter if you like, you know, you do X, like, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> like, I remember growing up, like so many young boys are like, you don't watch porn. It's like, no, no, like you, you shouldn't watch porn actually. It's, like, bad. it's, it's degrading to your brain and also the way that you view women and nobody is like, wants to say that it's getting more trendy now to say that. Yeah. Um, it's getting trendy because like, you can make money. Young men don't hear that, bro. And also they hear like, it's okay to drink the soda. And, and, and we have a society now where we're focused on self-love and it's like, okay, but what is love? Love is not a feeling. Love is an action. So sure. do you love your kid more if he's doing a, a, a behavior that's going to be degrade him over time and you don't fix it? Or do you love him more if you do fix it? And like any good parent would say, well, I'm going to fix it because I don't want them to be hurt in the long run. Yet we teach all these young men, like, it doesn't really matter, man. Like, enjoy it while you're young. Like, have fun. It's like, For okay, everything once. <laughs> what is fun? Having a terrible life in your 30s and 40s and like a terrible marriage and like all this stuff, like being strapped, uh, like in, in tons of debt because you decided to buy the house and the sports car and like all this stuff mm -hmm. to show off to other people. Like, you know, like it, it doesn't matter if you, you know, run the Amex again, like, it doesn't matter if you have the soda or the donut. It's like, okay, there is a level. Like if I'm in a glycogen depleted state and I need a donut and that's what I've got, I'm going to eat it. But like, if I, if I'm honest with myself and I have that internal discussion, like, okay, Rylan, do you want the donut? Cause you're sad. Or do you want the donut because you've been riding for three hours and you forgot to bring enough food or like, because you burned all your calories and you've got like nothing left. Like, there's a balance and I'm always trying to find that balance. And I'm by far not perfect, 
but also like I always want to I didn't have uh, people super close to me telling me the lie that it didn't matter and that has made the biggest difference in my life because the compounding interest is a real thing like if you choose to for instance uh, not eat as much sugar because we consume so much more sugar than we used to just because of what's in our food if you decide to make conscious choices when you're in high school or middle school even to not do that well guess what your statistics of being a pre-diabetic or becoming a diabetic later in life drastically drop so all those lies that you were told like it doesn't really matter rylan it's like well i have great insulin resistance actually it did matter and it still does matter Mm. Um, and and people don't don't tell young men that and then also like uh you know i've kind of talked about porn but also like your media consumption you know, like people say like, oh, it doesn't really matter if you watch that movie. It's like, okay, everything actually matters. Like Do your mood there's some movies out there that put poison in your brain, the music you listen to. Big like, time. so one of the coolest, uh, I like to listen to podcasts while I do like zone two, zone one efforts. Um, and one of them that I really enjoyed recently was about how on a cellular, cellular level, your body is constantly listening to what you tell it and also what it is hearing. So for instance, if you listen to a ton of music with negative connotation in it, so you might not be thinking those thoughts yet, but because of the words you're hearing, the, the, the principles of what you're hearing, eventually your brain is going to start speaking in that way because you, you've, you have a tolerance to it. Well, when you start talking to yourself at that, in that way, um, your body actually does change at a cellular cellular level. Sorry, I'm having a speech speech. Oh, no, you're good. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said that in a very like mean way. Sorry, um, <laughs> I got to have a filter on this. Um, no, you're good. You're good. So, <laughs> but like it, you, the coolest, just to like kind of dumb it down and make it simple, um, the your body actually learns, uh, for instance, uh, it's kind of like that self-talk principle or visual, visual, I can't speak today. Visual. <laughs> no, you're doing great. <laughs> you're crushing it. Actually. I can't I know, talk. I know what you're trying to say though, but I visualize. Yeah, you're good. yeah. Yeah. So if you, uh, if you're visualizing something and for instance, I do this a lot, like each station going into DecaFit, how mm. I'm going to get on the rower, what my first couple pulls are going to look like when I'm approaching the 500 meters, how I'm going to get off in the quickest, most efficient way. Well, it's the same thing going into a workout or going into studying or going into a podcast. Um, What you tell yourself actually does matter. And what you put into your brain beforehand is going to determine some of what you tell yourself. And so like we live in a society where it's like a kind of boiling a frog principle. You, you slowly are exposed to a little bit and then a little bit more. And then eventually you just don't jump out and you die. Mm. And so many people like my age at 25 years old, they're already dead inside. Like that's why, that's why like my personal slogan to myself is live wild and die free. Because Mm. like, I want to live in such a way that is so wild and like countercultural that I die free. I'm not in a box. Like I'm not, I'm not dead on the inside and just like living until I'm 75 because everything does matter. And I don't know, like, 
you're, Sorry, you're spot on. No, a little I, bit of a rampage, but it makes so much sense because um, there's so many things that you mentioned that I, I would love to touch on, but a couple of things are are huge. So you talked about porn, and yeah. it's funny because porn, you know, we instantly think about like hardcore porn, right? Like, oh yeah, like watching you know two people have intercourse or whatever, or multiple people have intercourse, but dude, there's more versions of that, like. It's crazy to think, dude, and I thought about this like the other day. I'm think in a way I'm thankful I don't have daughters, but also I'm petrified because I have two like savage boys too, right? So I'm like <laughs> the world's dangerous for both both sides. But yes. um but uh you know, back in the day when I was a kid, porn for me as like a I don't know, 10 to 13 year old boy, I don't know exactly when it took place, but like you know, I look at my mom's like um uh, magazine she would get uh from like the clothing companies and there would be like yep. pictures of women in like bras in it right and it was like oh my gosh same Dude, way you, you realize that is now not even close to the level of what's on instagram like not even close you can go on instagram now and see basically nudity everywhere right like and it's and it's the crazy thing is it's like totally normal and it's like, like it's it's, and it's applauded it's applauded yeah. It's applauded in what, uh, so like, obviously I'm not a female. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to say that I understand exactly how a female thinks, but, um, one of another, one of my favorite quotes is there's a reason that women wear makeup and men lie. It is because men are visual and women love words. Mm. And we live in a society where like, borderline nudity slash nudity is glorified and we don't do we really understand the repercussions because i was the same way man like i was a pretty early developer around 11 like 10 11 um started like you know seeing the magazines and stuff and then it's the same thing like once you get to actual uh intercourse like the first time that you you see porn is getting younger and younger and younger and there's actually a I like, I like to read a lot. So I'm sorry. There's another study that I was reading. Um, puberty has dropped in age significantly because again, the same principle, your body is always listening because males and females are exposed to essentially like sexual things. So early on, it has decreased the average age of puberty by over a year already. Wow. And you think about like the difference between having your first period at 13 versus 11 or 12, or like having, you know, as a man, like, you know, like that, that happening <laughs> a whole two years earlier. Yeah. Like that is wild, bro. Like me at 13 versus 11, so different. Or even like 12 to 10. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's massive because like, well, I'm a believer, so I, I I feel like the the biggest miracle ever was the human race, and it was created in a design that honestly was perfect, right? Uh, to so many different levels, like it's insane um, the design that went into us, right, as humans, and um, it's mind blowing, literally. But it's uh, you know, it was done in a, in a way that made sense for the creator, and we have come in and we have really jacked up this developmental path and there's a reason why things happen or or should happen at certain intervals you know technically like if we're just being completely real 
you know, sex before marriage shouldn't take place because it from a cellular level, right? Just alone. Like when you have sexual intercourse with somebody, you exchange bodily fluids, right? And that alone changes your chemistry, right? And it changes your brain chemistry. It changes your, like, it changes a lot of things. And it's not a positive thing if that person is no longer your partner, right? Or isn't your life partner or your, or your, or someone you're going to be a parent with, right? It does so many, so much damage to both parties, right? This isn't like, just for boys or just for like, it does damage to both sides, but it doesn't and, matter. It doesn't yeah, matter. Just, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. It, 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 but, but in today's society, you know, um, and I, you know, I'd say mostly Western culture because there are still parts of the world that are old school. I'm putting it in quotes, right. Um, but still believe in, just, you know, healthy values around taking care of yourself mentally, spiritually, physically, like there's still places in the world that do that. Um, they're considered to be cavemen at this point <laughs> because Western culture has gone so far off the deep end, but it's hurting people, right? It's really hurting people. I mean, if you look around, you know, suicide rates, obesity rates, I mean, geez, that's like, I start there because I'm a fitness guy, you know, I'm like, obesity rates have never been higher in America. And like the porn, the, the word porn, you know, it doesn't have to just be sexual porn. It's like food porn, you know, like yeah. food porn, dude, like go on Instagram. Everyone's posting, you know, the coolest places they've eaten and like, five, you know, 6,000 calories meals. <laughs> like, And it's like, you're just trying to eat to like keep up with the Joneses to like, see how cool you are. It's like, it, it's, it's a rough, a rough sea out there that we have to help. You know, we're, you know, I can speak to young men too, like, cause I'm a man and I've been through it, but it becomes a very big deal um, as we continue to just get deeper and deeper into this. I don't know. I call it a new frontier because it's still real. It's still new in the grand scheme of things of just access to so much information, access to so much, so many like highlight reels, right? You know, it, it it's just, uh, it, it destroys, it destroys your, without even realizing it, it really destroys your development and it handicaps you in a big way. So to your point, um, the act, the activity in sports and just like getting outside and doing things that don't involve getting sucked into whatever media, whatever phone, whatever screen, whatever, you know, Fortnite. <laughs> you know, it's like as much as you can get away from that with your kids, you know, and speaking to the parents out there who think like, well, you know, my childhood was jacked up. Like I have so many bad habits, blah, blah, blah. Dude, it's not too late. You know what I mean? It's not too late to like reinvent the wheel. And, and, you know, I come from a horrible, uh, healthy, you know, or health background. You know, my dad was an alcoholic. Uh, my mom was on antidepressants for you know years and years. Like I come from a, a, not the picture of health. Right. Um, but I've been able to slowly work on myself and now with two boys, hopefully create a healthier environment for them. And, you know, Nah, not perfect at all. Like you said about yourself, like, but this is like, these are discussions that need to be had because it does matter, you know, despite, I mean, I remember <laughs> the funniest thing I hear, I say funny, it's actually not funny, but it's, it's actually kind of crazy when I talk to men and this will take a lot of people off. So I'll probably lose all our viewers here, but <laughs> you know, basically they say something in the, in the sense of, well, I, you know, it's hard for me to do all this because, you know, my kids like all this stuff. Right. And you're like, 
wait a second. <laughs> like, well, my kids like to watch this and my kids like to eat this and my kids like to do all. So I'm like, you do realize you are literally giving your kids a path to exactly where you are right now. And you're trying to get out of this. Like you're, you're desperate to get out of the situation. And you're saying it's hard because your kids are doing it. Dude, you're leading them and allowing them now to literally be the, 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 you know, the, whatever the excuse for your behavior. And, and meanwhile, you're supporting their behavior. That's leading them down to like what you said, you know, 30 years old in debt, overweight, like depressed. Like I hear that. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like that is, that is nuts, but it's just, yeah. they don't like, it's almost like they have no self-realization. They, they can't, they can't see that, but it's crazy. And I think that's a phenomenal point. It, and it's across the board. Like for instance, uh, one of the things that I try and talk to uh, like my brothers and then also any young men that I'm mentoring is don't listen to what I tell you. Don't listen to what anyone just tells you. Because for instance, there are a ton of people who are extremely educated, like, you know, university level, uh, maybe they have a degree in, or even a PhD in exercise science. But you also like, for instance, look at doctors, man. Do you want to listen to the doctor that, or the dietitian that is morbidly obese or like does not look healthy? Cause you know, you, the, I don't know. Uh, one of the ultimate health tests is looking into people's eyes because eyes will speak to you where their soul is at, but also like the life force that's in their eyes. So for instance, you could have someone that like, we're all built differently, bro. Like I, I hold fat in my legs and not much up top. Like other people are the reverse of that. And then you have like old man legs are a thing. Like you could have like a, you know, a beer gut and have like vascular legs. So the eye test doesn't always it, uh, what I mean by the eye test is like looking at someone and saying fit versus not fit. You got to look at the person as a whole. Like, what does their life look like? Do they look like they're joyful? Do they have like life force inside of them? And do the ultimate question, say you're taking, you, you know, you're, I was, a I was declared a business major early on in college is what I was going for. And I think I would have done a lot better for myself asking all of these professors that are teaching me business, do I want my business to look like theirs? Do I want to be financially in the spot that they are in? Mm. Same thing with fitness. Like if you're looking for a coach, maybe they're extremely educated, book smart, or they have the credentials for that. But like, do I want, do I want to do what they're doing? Do I want to live the way that they are? Do I want to look like them? Like, uh, you know, it, it, it's... <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the never trust a skinny chef principle. Uh, I don't think that's the best way to put it, but it's a funny way of putting it because it's, it's like, well, I think it's a great way of putting it. A, chef, um, a, a good chef should have chef, a little bit of meat on their bones. Yeah. They should have a little bit of meat on the bones, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my best, I can say that my best friend's a chef. He's, he just had a kid. Um, shout out to my friend, Eddie. He's best chef. I know he's, he's a very successful guy, but you know, he'll, he, he eats a lot. Cause he, you know, he's always testing his meals. He's not out of shape, but like he, uh, he's got a little, you know, he's a, he's a bigger guy. And like, but I, but I'm like, I trust him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, this guy clearly, you know, loves what he does. Like, you know, I will eat anything that dude makes. Right. Cause it's so, you know, clearly he, he lives and breathes it. It's dude. Our, I don't know if you know who Wes Watson is. I mean, he's, 
he's a friend of mine, but he's a very controversial, uh, motivational slash fitness, like slash crazy background story. But he says exactly what you said all the time. And I love like when he says it now that you've said it, it's like, man, it makes so much darn sense. And it's like, there's so many experts out yeah. there, right? Like, oh, everybody's an expert now. Like there's dude, you mentioned the porn thing. There's so many people coming out of the woodwork. Like, oh, I used to watch porn. And it's clear, like they're doing it to make money, right? To say like, oh, I used to be addicted to it. And now sign up for my, you know, 21 day program to get you off porn or whatever, right? It's like, okay, everybody's trying to get on the money, the online money train. But it's like, when you really look at their life as a whole and you're like, what's your life like? You know, like, what do you do? What, what are your hobbies? Like, are you a man of faith? Like, are you, are your friends raving about you? Are your clients raving about you? Like, do I want to have a similar path as you? When I think about who I trust and who I get information from and who I invest in my time, my money or whatever, I do that even with my podcast. Dude, I only bring people on who I like really like, I want to like truly learn from this person because they have a lot of things that I, I really want. You know what I mean? And like, I really appreciate the way they live their life. Uh, because dude, I get, you know, it's like, you get people, Oh, this person's going to come on your show. And this person, I look at them. I'm like, you know, like, yeah, they got a lot of cool information, but like, mm, I don't know if they really live it. You know, like, I don't know, like what they must have a lot of things they're not talking about because their life is not what I want. Right. Just, you know, whatever it is, it is what it is, but it's such a good point, man. I mean, because you know, there's so much information coming at you these days and you have to have a, some, some level of filter. And I think a big one uh, is, is exactly what you just said. Like, does this person live what they're talking about? Is it clear? Can you sense the, I say vibration, I believe in like the energy out there, right? I think someone puts out an energy and you can feel it if you really pay attention. And some people like, yeah, they might be the smartest, whatever, but something's off, you know, you're like, ah, I get the spidey sense going and I don't like it, you know? Um, and, and I also think uh, we also, the way I view it is when I looked for people to mentor me or people I want to learn from, I segment it. So there are people who I respect a ton in business. And so I try and model as much as I can in business in that aspect, but maybe, maybe their marriage isn't that great. And so I also factor that in. So I don't go to them for marriage advice. Like I don't go for them to them for relationship, relationship advice. I'm struggling today, man. Do you need um, more carbs or something, man? You don't, <laughs> you don't come to me for how to speak. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Um, See, now you made it all better, dude. Yeah. Now, now, now everyone's laughing. Yeah. They're like, oh, this Rylan guy's hilarious. Yeah, no, that's dude. You're, you're great. It's funny. Just, it, it, I just say it. Cause I'm, I'm working. One of my big to do's this year is like saying whatever's on my mind. Right. Because I went to a speech class literally. Cause I suck. I thought I, I, I really am like a, I guess I'm like a sucker for not a sucker. What is the right word? But I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to go learn how to speak in front of thousands of people. And the way you learn how to speak in front of thousands of people is you get in a, a tight room with like five guys and you give speeches to five guys because it's the hardest thing in the world. Right. And uh, one of the things my coach, my speech coach told me was uh, never apologize. Like when you mess up. Right. He said, because uh, people, people like when you're just like, like not even, not even like, uh, don't apologize, but you're just like, like you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. Just be like, dude, I suck it. Like I'm sucking today. Right. <laughs> and like, just laughing it off because a lot of people will get so like in a shell and be like, Oh, like I'm really sucking at talking. And then they'll like shut down. Right. Your body's listening, bro. 
Yeah. But if you're just like, dude, like don't come to me for speaking, but then you just kind of keep going. Like people go, Oh, this guy is a genius. <laughs> because like, they just feel like you're such a real like down to earth dude. And they like want to listen more. So like you're, you're nailing it. But I, it just made me think of that because I used to be like the person that I would get so nervous. And then I'd be just like, I shut down, but you just got to like laugh at yourself, you know, and be like, man, like, why, like, like, why are people paying me to talk? Like I can't even talk. Right. Um, but anyway, just as a side note, uh, speaking in, in public or on podcasts, arguably is one of the things people are most afraid of doing, uh, even, even more than dying in some cases, which is, which is crazy. But I was one of them. I was one of the people who was like petrified to speak and in, in public. And, uh, yeah, it's just funny how it's all in our own head. It's all in our own head. Uh, but anyway, yeah, dude. So I, I we we got to the point where you you got uh, into your career as as a firefighter, and you're coming off of kind of this like uh, I guess you call it like a dark phase, right? Where you were just like, man, uh, biking, it's 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 done, or I'm I'm being stripped of my career, and you're isolated because your family moved. When did, cause you're 25, so it was four years ago, right? So when did you go, okay, I'm going to go start smashing people's faces <laughs> in hybrid, in hybrid sports? Uh, it was March of 2021 was mm -hmm. like, I signed up for age group day one because I petitioned to be allowed into the elite wave. This was Spartan, Arizona, March of 2021. And is this your first Spartan, by the way? What? Had you ever done a Spartan before? Or was this just I had like... done uh one for fun with my brother in 2019? I had wow. two brothers and we like showed up and just had fun. Yeah. Um and uh so yeah, it was like my first official, like I've been training for this. And I will be real with people, like I I love to study. Um, I love the human body, I love learning about pretty much anything exercise science, it's a passion of mine. Um, so I had been training for it, but I had been running for probably about a year before that. Like, and by running, I mean like probably an average of 15 to 20 miles a week. Cause when you start out and you haven't been running for four or five years, your soft tissue can't handle that much. So oh, yeah, I had to be, awesome. had to be really careful. Um, and so 2021 was like from March until July, I raced, uh, age group. And then I won, failed a couple obstacles. My grip strength wasn't that great. Um, and also it was my first one. And so the next day I, st I still won. So uh, one of the requirements was if you're in the top five in your age group, you can race elite. So I did the Sunday sprint in elite and ended up taking third behind VJ and Kirk DeWint. Mm. Um, and that's when people kind of started to be like, oh, okay, who is this Ryland guy? Like he got on an elite podium in a pretty stacked field. And then I went up, my next race was uh, Spartan Montana, May. So almost exactly two years ago. And I ended up winning against uh, Ian Hosek. Hmm. And then uh, I went and did one stadium in June. And then I raced uh, Spartan race Utah. And that's when I took that was the one that you saw me at, right? Uh, I was a little behind Ryan Atkins yep. um, and took second at a North American elite series race. And I fractured my heel the next day. Oh my gosh. In the sprint. So I actually didn't race from July until February the next year. So 2022. So literally last year right. was my first full year of racing. 
That's and right. so it, it, it also gave that uh, kind of perception of, whoa, this guy came out of nowhere. But I had a half season before, and then I had a big break to really, you know, like I love reading. And when you have a broken heel and you love to learn and you're really passionate about what you do, and you're also on short-term disability from work, like <laughs> you kind of, you learn how to build a log cabin and you read about exercise science and like, that's all you do. <laughs> and, and, and you assault bike and climb with one leg. Like I yes. have a climbing shoe where the right toe is literally just worn all the way through and my big toe sticks out. Cause I was in a boot on one and then I would get top roped or like uh, the auto belay and I would just climb with one leg on the climbing wall. This is a standard uh, practice for a uh, uh, fractured heel. This is exactly what yeah, standard <laughs> fractured heel stuff. Um, and like, you know, it, it's uh, there's, there's a lot of different ways to look at life. You can look at it as a massive challenge. Um, I've honestly had a very challenging spring this year since I decided to leave firefighting and start my own business and do that. Um, a lot has come up and you can view that as uh, life is terrible it's always going to suck. Or you can view it as eventually this is actually going to pay off. Like I, my basement flooded. Now I know how to put a sump pump in and I know how to like rip flooring out. I've already done flooring before. Um, and now I know like about drywall and how water creeps up the wall and all like all this stuff where if it happens to someone else in the future, like my dad, I called him and he's been through all this stuff. And the more challenges you have faced, like you, you have faced, we're kind of talking about your history. You had some challenges early on in life and the way that you grew up. And now, you know, you're like, I've learned from this. And instead of guiding my, my sons to the exact same thing, I'm going to try and set them up better. And I think that is the best way to look at life is the challenges are going to happen to anyone, regardless, um, and I try not to get into the thing of like, oh, my challenges are so much less than someone else's because we all have different challenges. And honestly, I feel that way. Like a lot of people have way harder lives than I do. Um, but I think the real thing is, is like what's hard for you is hard for you, but it's more of how you view it. Um, and the more adversity you have, the more dangerous you can become. Mm. So. A, I like that one. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a write that one down and tweet it <laughs> quote for sure. Now that's huge, man. Um, it's crazy. Cause I, I always say this, uh, I came, I, I, I do podcasts now, obviously like every week. And I, oftentimes I come in with, you know, uh, questions and an agenda, a little bit of an agenda. Uh, and you know, you cover the agenda. Like, oh, that's cool. But like, I'm always blown away when I have like a conversation that I didn't necessarily expect, uh, in a good way. And, and this is definitely one of them. Uh, cause I kind of came into this selfishly. Like I was going to ask you, like, how do you, you know, how you stay so lean? Like, <laughs> you know, cause it was things my audience and I would love to know, but you know, and then we talk about your, your eating disorder. I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize that that's, that's even more valuable. Right. Um, and then obviously the racing stuff, it's like, you know, everything you just went over is probably way more important than like how to improve your your box step overs <laughs> i do have a video it's on youtube um, yes yeah and it's also on my like my grit fitness app uh i have a hybrid training plan and every Sweet. exercise i video so that's there's there's a lot of training apps out there but i specifically video the movement 
Mm. and there's a library. And so with each exercise, I don't just tell you how to do it. I tell you how to do it the way that I would recommend doing it. And then I explain like other ways, if that doesn't work for you, like the rower, I guarantee you, I save at least two seconds going into the rower on everybody else. So I actually, I have very good rowing times, but it's not all because of how fast I'm rowing. It's because of how I get on and off. So yes, that stuff matters. I'm happy to come on again and talk about like Dude, just we're, that. We're going to have to do, uh, we're going to have to do this again, like very soon because, uh, you, uh, I think, well, correct me if I'm wrong. What are you focusing on Deca right now? Is Deca fit like your main focus? What's your big focus? So uh, last year, I tried to try as much as possible to essentially, I have this rule with myself. I don't coach people, no matter how much I read about something, I don't coach people in something that I have not done. Okay. Um, and good so rule. it's a great sign of a good coach. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Um, I've done a ton of Deca's. Uh, I've won all my low, you know, I don't, first of all, I am nowhere near an elite Deca fit guy or high rocks guy, but I, I don't coach anybody on on uh any of these on these races like i am strictly a body and fit and mindset transformation coach right what i do for our clients is i show them like some of the workouts i do for deca and i say listen these are the best coaches if you really want to get serious about it you know go go work with them because i am not quite like i'm not even qualified enough to get someone to be a better runner right i have no you know i'm great compared to like probably the average guy walking down the street but now if you want to talk about fat loss yeah i'm probably the guy right but yeah the that's such a sign of a good coach man like i can't i can't say how many people are uh out there saying you know here's the plan on how to do this and they've done like half of one yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like dude what in the heck i told myself i probably well honestly i'll never be a hybrid uh sport coach because it's just not my like coaching passion, uh, mm -hmm. but I will win some of these events at some point. Uh, that's how dedicated I am, but I, I, I won't necessarily be qualified to be a coach, but yeah, no side, side tangent. That's such a, such a powerful thing to say and remind people because it's coaching these days has become a, a greed driven, uh, you know, industry, which sucks, but it is what it is. So continue. So you, what, what is your, you're saying what your focus is. So this year is going to be a little bit different than last year. Um, I actually had some opportunities come up recently that, that might change some of these plans. Um, however, uh, I'm definitely at a stage in my life where I, I'm trying to set myself up in places where I can mentor young men. Um, I've, I've, I actually do this thing called values tracking where I write down all of the things like the top five most important things in my life. And if I notice a consistent pattern, then that's something I'm called to do in my life more often. If I'm constantly inspired to do the same thing over and over year after year, month after month, it's probably a good sign that, that it's important to me. Like for instance, physical fitness has always been in my top five since I started doing it. And I've been doing it for about three years. Um, uh, spiritual health has always been up there. So it's, I think it's important for me to realize that like, okay, well, now this consistent pattern is, I feel like we have a lack of men like yourself, uh, that are quality male mentors, uh, cause we have a society that's destroying masculinity. So I want to plug myself in until, at least until I have my own family and I can do this with my own boys. Uh, but 
like I said, everything matters. Um, and I've been given because of what I've done in the past, I've been given this opportunity to set myself up in a way where I can work from anywhere. But I also am, I don't have a family yet. Like I don't have to be, I'm the only shadding in Utah that I know of. Um, and so I really want to plug in and be able to work with young men. And so I'm actually more focused on how can I do that and how can I influence other young men through sport. And so uh, I will still be focused on DecaFit, uh, but for right now, I really loved mountain running last year. So I'm actually doing, I'm testing this on myself because uh, I, I like to test every training principle that I teach other people on myself first. Um, right now I am, I'm calling it like the ultimate engine um, where I'm trying to become such a diverse athlete instead of working on the skill work specifically, I'm trying to essentially swap out a clapped out V8 for a V12 Bugatti engine is like what I would like mm -hmm. and have such a strong engine. Uh, Cause I experimented with this a little bit last year. If I can build my engine to where it produces enough horsepower where I can make up for having like maybe a little bit more like a software glitch here and there. Um, I'm trying to upgrade the hardware a lot more so that the software doesn't matter as much, if that makes sense. Um, kind of like going to more of an old school muscle car or something like that, where there's not as much electronics. It's more of like, okay, this is what this car is. It can power through anything, like just throw different tires on it and that I like to relate a lot of things to a car. Like when I explain, if I have a car guy, that's an athlete, I explain it like this. I'm like, Hey, you've got your fuel. That's literally your fuel. That's the easy part, but your struts, your suspension, you know, how stiff your, your chassis is. That's like your tendons and ligaments. They have different rebound tendencies. If you have a carbon fire fiber layup, uh, of like any part of your car, maybe it's more stiff. You can make your tendons more stiff or more elastic, but if you have too much elasticity, then they're not going to rebound as fast, stuff like that. And it's like, you can do that to your body. And then you can also swap out tires. Um, and so like tread pattern on your shoe, but also like stability side to side really matters too. So if you're trying to be more of a trail athlete, you need to have a lot more movement side to side. Um, if you're just a hybrid athlete, everything is here everything is here and everything is here. Like you're not doing a ton of side to side except for around the corners. Um, so stuff like that matters. So I'm, hmm. I'm actually trying to go more the diverse route where I want to be like a rally car or a trophy truck or like a blend of the truth of the two, where I've got a big engine and I can do a lot unless you're a rally car, then it's like more of a turbo. So I would say more like a trophy truck. I've got a big engine and then I'll throw on the turbo as I get closer to DecaFit. Um, or maybe even a twin turbo if I'm lucky and hopefully I'll have enough top end to where I can really perform at like the shorter DecaFit races. It's like, you know, 25 to 30 minutes. Yep. And, uh, yeah, as long as I can like get quick enough, do a quick tire swap, like, you know, change the fluids and get that turbo on there in time, I think it'll still go well, but I want to also be able to do mountain running mountain bike races, uh, lots of OCR as well. And the longer OCRs. And then there's a, there's a trail running route where it's basically a 30 mile Ridge line, like exposure on both sides. Um, and there's an F the fastest known time on it is about 14 hours and a 30 minutes. And I'm, I'm going to see if I can do that. It's got about 25,000 feet of vertical in 30 miles. 
Holy crap, dude. So it's steep, it's techie, <laughs> and uh, it's definitely not hybrid racing. So I'm trying to mess with how how generalized can I make my fitness while still being able to hone in on what I need to. Sign me up to watch that one virtually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do that, bro. <laughs> in other words, I won't be participating just yet. Um, oh, that's Have you done a High Rocks before? Uh, I've done two. The first two. one was High Rocks LA. Okay. Uh, this last year. And that one went all right. I picked up a one minute penalty. So I think I got like a, I had a one Oh one and then I got bumped to a one Oh two or something. That's still and, really fast. Uh, but it was frustrating to me because they gave me a one minute penalty. Cause I went in the out. Cause oh, instead of yeah. having the in before the out, they had them backwards. Yes. So they had that. New past, yeah. You had to run past and then go back around. Yes. Well, I went on one of my first laps. I, I crossed the timing mat the wrong way and kept running. And then I realized it and I ran backwards and went back out the out and then in the correct way. Yeah. So I added time, added like 30 <laughs> seconds. And then they pegged me with another minute penalty. They gave you another minute. Here you go. And then oh, that those darn Germans outside dude. <laughs> of the, the North American championships, like top 15. So then they, uh, I emailed them and kind of talked to them about it. And, uh, yeah, they, they basically said sucks to suck. And, uh, <laughs> like the European coming over and, and they weren't even going to fill the spot. Like they didn't even have 15 for a while. And I was like, just let me in. Like, I'll do fine. And they said, no, <laughs> you know who I am. <laughs> and, and, uh, like, I'm not going to say I'm like, you know, a top in the world high rocks athlete. Cause I've stopped focusing on that, but that was in December. And so when I found out in February that I couldn't race, uh, North American championships, I basically said, I'm already doing four other sports. Yeah. I can drop high rocks. I'll focus on DECA and we'll call it good. So sure. I'm, I'm definitely like focused on DECA fit. Um, when's your next and, one? What's the next one you're doing? Uh, Possibly North uh, World Champs, actually. Okay, because did you? I, I have the fastest time this year. I did in February. Okay, okay. I was gonna say because I'm. That's my next. Uh, my next race is. Um, there's a Decafit in Pennsylvania, in uh, the end of August. Unfortunately, there's not a lot near me to qualify this year. I think there's one in Florida. There's one in North Carolina, but I think it's it was during a day that I had something already. But yeah, there's one in Pennsylvania. I thought maybe you'd be doing that one because. I didn't know if you'd qualified already or, and you know, I, I, it's hard for me to pay attention to every race, but, um, but if yeah. I can, uh, it just depends on travel and, and honestly, yeah. uh, some other things that I have going on. Um, cause like I said, I like to race mountain bikes. I like to do trail running races and such. So if I've already qualified for something, um, oftentimes I'll go do something else just cause like, for instance, I'm not going to coach a road marathoner cause I've, I don't have a passion to do road marathon, but like I will coach trail runners. I'll coach hybrid athletes. I'll coach OCR athletes because that's what I like to do, but I like to stay current and do all of them. So, and I'll coach mountain bikers as well. Um, that's what I've been doing the longest. And, uh, yeah, so I, I like to try and I enjoy all of them. So I also try and like put myself in places where I can do all of them. So there's only so many weekends in the, in the year. Yeah, hundred oh, percent. I mean, trust me. I, <laughs> I know, I know that better than most. It's crazy. Um, the, uh, we'll have to have you back on because selfishly, um, and we'll have to do this soon because I have, 
I want to say we have about 40 of our clients. We, we, what we do is we, we help people lose weight. Right. And most importantly, just improve every part of their life using the power that is this fitness is such an amazing low hanging fruit that people can grasp and instantly see uh, wins and just everything. So people like to jump into what we call our, like our family events, right. Where it's like, all right, a few guys are just going to go jump into the deck of it. And then like, all of a sudden we have like 30 clients who are like, Oh, I'm going to do it too. So we're, I think we have about 20, maybe 25 people doing the deck of fit in Pennsylvania for fun together. I'm doing it competitively, but um, then we have uh, the Spartan in DC. There's a Spartan race in D in Washington, DC in September. I think we might have like 40 clients doing that together. Um, so it's going to be nuts, but uh, yeah, it's crazy. Cause uh, I'm actually, the only thing I can say right now that I'm definitely doing championship wise is uh, the deck of fit worlds in December. Cause me and uh, one of our clients actually was like a, crazy crossfitter who just wanted to get shredded joined our program got shredded uh found out that he's now even faster than i guess he was before we did a doubles um deck a mile together oh yeah yeah and in our age group we're like number three in the world because we uh we just put it down dude like we just absolutely hammered it i think we did it in like i don't know it was like 13 14 minutes something like that i don't know but anyway it was nuts like we just went we went ham dude um so i'm definitely going to do the doubles world championship i'm going to try to qualify for the DecaFit uh, age group uh, again, I did last year, um, but we'll see. But anyway, we'll have to, my whole thing was let's get you back on because I'd love to do a pod just on the DecaFit. And then we could kind of then go, all right, so we'll do the DecaFit. And in the same discussion, we could talk about different strategies for the mile, different strategies for the strong, because dude, we've had, oh man, I want to say like, I think, yeah, like 30, 40 of our clients do these DecaFits now because they're just fun. And when you get in better shape, you're like, well, I'll test myself. You know, I don't want to just like stop doing this. Like, let me, let me see what else I'm capable of. Um, yeah. So yeah, let, let's get that done. Like sooner than later, if, if time allows on your schedule, cause uh, this has been an amazing podcast and I know uh, our people will want to hear more for sure, but we can talk specifics about <laughs> the fitness stuff uh, yeah. And, yeah, and actually sure. talk about that. But um, in the meantime, where, where can people connect with you? for you know coaching for for more of what you you're doing now for for business and stuff like that so for one-on-one coaching i actually just do that through my instagram um so one-on-one coaching uh my instagram is rylan shattig just exactly how my name is spelled no spaces nothing um and that's also where they can follow me as well um and then as far as training programs i work with a gym called grit fitness um and we have an app called grit fitness anywhere and I specifically have a hybrid training eight week program on there. And then we are releasing an OCR program in the next couple of weeks. Um, so that's where you can find me. That's where you can get my programming and my coaching. Um, and then also, yeah, if you want to follow along for the journey and a little bit of like the, the more fun, like carefree Ryland, I have a YouTube channel that I don't really promote, but it's like, it's basically like, uh, last week I put up a video of how much could I cram into one day? Like how many sports? <laughs> That's awesome. So I did like speed flying, uh, backcountry skiing, uh, tried to do soccer. Didn't make that happen. I did trail running, scrambling, uh, flow rider climbing, like lead climbing. Um, oh and then had like a bonfire and did some hot, cold therapy, like all in one day, just packed back to back to back. I was tired, dude. Oh, that, and some Ninja sick. Warrior. Yeah. Yes. Dude, yeah. that's awesome, man. No, yeah. that's 
Wow. And to be young and single again. No, I'm kidding. I, don't know if I'm <laughs> I know. I know right? <laughs> I'm assuming. I, I'm definitely I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, it's tough to have a girlfriend when you're doing 18 things in a day. Um, <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. Well, dude, I, I really genuinely appreciate this conversation so much. I, I came into this thinking we were going to talk a lot of like fitness nerdy stuff about, you know, data and how we're going to crush races. But uh, this is uh, even more powerful for people to hear. And uh, I appreciate you being so vulnerable and open about it. But my promise to you is, we'll, if, if your time allows for it, we'll we'll get you back on like in the next couple of weeks here and just talk about DecaFit because um, we have a lot of people who need to get ready for August and also uh, the Spartan a month later so we can talk about hybrid stuff. But uh, are your programs, can people just jump into them and just like start training like immediately or is like with the app and stuff like that? Uh, with the app, yes. So cool. basically, they uh, it's also linked in my bio on Instagram. Cool. So they can go download the app and then start the program, essentially. Um, there, there's also a website landing page as well. Um, and then for one-on-one, uh, it's very much depending on the my time. Because another thing that I'm big on is like, I, I don't like money is money is just time in a different currency. Um, sure. So I actually try and really be respectful of if someone's going to pay me to do one-on-one that I am able to have enough time to do that in an effective manner. So I do cap it. I only cool. take a certain amount of clients. So that's largely dependent. Um, I'm actually working on an application process because uh, like, I only want to coach athletes that I feel like I can help. And so um, essentially that you can reach out and we can go over some questions and be like, okay, am I the right fit for you? Am I not? And then based on availability, how long it will be until I can coach one-on-one essentially is how it works right now. So beautiful, man. Well, yeah. Highly encourage people to at bare minimum, just follow, follow your page. Cause I've learned a lot, just, uh, watching a lot of like your, your videos on, um, like even just your like highlights of you doing races and stuff. Like I'm also very nerdy and like to get into like little form keys, but, uh, yeah, just, just to start to, to learn how the best in the world do things. I mean, you, you put out a lot of good content, so it's worth just following to start and then getting into whatever else, uh, goes from there. But dude, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you coming on and, and sharing so much. Um, and, uh, looking forward to our next conversation, man. Thank you. Really appreciate the opportunity. That wraps up today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to the true transformation podcast. And don't forget to check out butcher box. My kids are absolutely over the moon with these chicken nuggets. You can get chicken nuggets for a year plus 10% off your first box when you go to butcherbox.com forward slash true and use code true, T-R-U-E at checkout. Go check them out. They're great friends of mine. And man, they have an incredible product. Excited for you to check out their meats and their nuggets and just make eating healthy that much more convenient. Until next time, life moves fast. Make it count. Talk to you soon. Peace.